0: The Beehive Sports Podcast is powered by Swing Juice. Visit SwingJuice.com and use promo code beehive 20 for 20% off your golf and MLB apparel. Shop Swing Juice, support the Beehive Sports Podcast. Swing Juice. Wear it, feel it, play it. On this week's episode, we discuss the Field of Dreams and another no-hitter in Major League Baseball. Some NFL preseason action and other NFL news. J.R. Smith former nba players heading to college and he's taking his golf clubs in sports history we discuss the unlikely death of ray chapman and the things that sting this week turns itself into a fantasy football segment to close it out in my hive we discuss the malice in the palace let's go Hey everyone, welcome back to the BIF Sports Podcast. This week's episode, I want to open up with uh, an announcement uh, per my stepmother, who wanted me to announce that for the Northwestern Pennsylvania listeners, a upcoming golf scramble. Uh, so, my stepmom's involved in this foundation called the Warren Majengo Foundation. Essentially, they go to Africa. And she's been there multiple times uh, and they build like orphanages and structures for uh, the people down there. That's so it's a cool. good cause. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they're having a golf scramble. I have the details here. It's going to be Saturday, September 4th, 2021. It looks like a one o'clock shotgun start. It is at the Conalongo Valley country club membership. There is not required. Uh, it is a private club, but, this is open to the public. Uh, so Saturday, September 4th, registration and lunch are, are at 1130. And a shotgun start will be at 1 p.m. followed by dinner at 6. It is $80 per player. That includes your greens fees uh, for the four-person scramble, cart, lunch, beverages, and dinner. Uh, mulligans will be available at registration for $20 a team. So you can... It looks like you can call up to Conalongo Valley Country Club to register or to get your team in, or you can contact uh, the Warren Majengo Foundation at uh, an email address. It's carol, C-A-R-O-L, at majengo.org, and Majengo is M-A-J-E-N-G-O. So it's the Warren Majengo Foundation, Saturday, September 4th, Golf Scramble. It's a fundraiser uh, benefiting the children uh, who they build the the places for down in Africa. So if anybody's available to go play in that's for a good cause. I will be out of town at a wedding, unfortunately, cause I'd like to be both places, but so just wanted to get that in there for the listeners. if anybody wants to put a team in, much appreciated. I will also be posting that flyer on the Facebook page. So we're gonna get into it with the uh, one of the coolest things I've seen in sports in. Several years, the Field of Dreams game, uh, the highest, most watched baseball game. I think it was most watched non-playoff or World Series game in like forever. Is that what I said? Like sixteen million viewers or something like that That's on a Friday cool. night. It's pretty good. Um, you were all about it. Oh, yeah. You were loving it.
1: <laughs> I, Swanee and I, before the COVID and stuff, because when they announced it, it was like two years ago. Right. Well, it was supposed to happen last year, last right. summer. Yes. And it got canceled because of COVID. And uh, we had we originally got announced in like 2018 or 2019 or something like that, that they were going to do it. Yeah. And Swanee and I had looked into getting tickets and stuff. And, you know, now I, I think they made some, I think only like people. Iowa, Iowa residents. Correct. Yeah. could know. Yep. Oh, yeah. So um, possible, but.
0: It was so, so the minute, i had been anticipating it for a long time. Yeah, you yeah. have. <laughs> the minute I turned it on, the first thing I could see that it was a aerial shot and you could see the house, the farmhouse in the background, the original field. And then there's like a corn maze in between. And then the, um, the, and the field little, that they built for this event. And
1: the little ears were playing on the other field
0: at the same time. No, but I mean oh, but they they they, they had, have been they
1: had been throughout the week and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah,
0: is that what did they do like the regionals there or something? Something like that. yeah. Awesome, because the world's Little League World Series. One kid is. hit a
1: walk off grand slam or yeah. something into the corn. A
0: so. stock off. Yeah, that's what you called it. I'm <laughs> yeah. not stealing your phrase. No,
1: well, I didn't. It wasn't my phrase either. Oh. Somebody else. Said you it. stole it was, from somebody. Yeah, else. it was like a tw- okay. something my son stock off.
0: I, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I thought that was good. Um, so the intro obviously made its way around the internet I shared it on the Facebook page uh just gave you chills the entire time you were watching especially when you know three uh, Yankees players and three white Sox players walked out side by side like when they first emerged from the corn it was like dark enough that it looked like they appeared like they do in the movie you know how like <laughs> it, right. I just thought it was so badass and uh the only thing I'd told a few people this already but the only thing i would have changed during that intro and i can't believe like how do you miss on this what's the most memorable quote from that movie right if you build it they will come mm-hmm. they should have done that over the loudspeaker like three times before costner walked out of the corn only air in the entire production i thought it was cool though but i think they did miss an opportunity there to get that that on there but uh yeah, it was a slugfest. Uh Dinger's were heading into the corn. You were sending me corn emojis, I think, <laughs> along with in yeah, and a you, bunch of scrambled and You letters. said, "Where are they
1: using golf balls?" And oh so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, they it, like it made you think, it obviously made you think that the way that they were flying out of there.
0: So, an interesting uh st- little statistic that was sent to me was that Tim Anderson hits the Mm walk-off. It's the 15th walk-off in White Sox history. Okay?
1: Only the 15th ever? Well, hold on. Let me pull this
0: up. Uh, I have to get my internet back on here. I'm pretty sure this said 15th, but I'm going to tell you in two seconds. Oh. (laughs) 15th. Walk-off home run ever hit by a White Sox player against the Yankees. Okay. That sounds more yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. okay. So, listen, sense. Josh Nordine just sent me this, like, right before we were getting ready to record. Tim Anderson hit the 15th walk-off home run ever hit by a White Sox player against the Yankees. The first to ever walk-off against the Yankees? Shoeless Joe Jackson in 1919. The Black Sox scandal year, which Field of Dreams is based on. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty wild. Think about it. He mm-hmm. walked them off in the Field of Dreams mm-hmm. game. So that was pretty cool. He sent me that, and I thought that was totally relevant to what we were discussing. So do they plan on continuing doing this? Do you know?
1: Yeah, they already announced next year's game. Who's playing? Reds and, Reds and Cubs.
0: Reds and Cubs? Yeah. Hmm. So this is going to be yearly one game. Cause they only played one, right? I they don't
1: know what they're they didn't do a whole there, series there. One game, one game, yeah.
0: And there was a ton, tons of White Sox fans there, but it's like that's, that's I, Iowa, probably, they're that's all, probably they're yeah. all, there'll be a lot of Cubs, Cubs fans. fans at the yeah. next one, right? Yeah.
1: I think that I think there is it in Des Moines? I, there's an Iowa Cubs minor league team, so oh,
0: yeah, you're right.
1: So I imagine that there's probably a ton of Cubs fans, yeah. in Iowa, yeah.
0: But by then, I mean, did they only open it to Iowa people because of COVID?
1: I don't. I didn't hear the r- reason. I, I, would like I can to know only that. imagine because that's I wonder if that's
0: something that's going to be changed to where. Is if, they, if they go outside like anybody could buy them, those prices are going to be insane. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's probably people in Iowa buying them and selling them to well, people. Especially now they will be
1: insane after that re- result. They'll be through the roof next year. Like this year probably would have been if there it was a little more under the radar going into it. I think now it's like yeah out of the stratosphere because yeah. of how that game went. It was <laughs> yeah,
0: it was really cool. So I I look forward to watching one of those again. Like I'd watch that full game regardless of who's playing in it. Uh sticking to baseball. Tyler Gilbert, Arizona Diamondbacks, no no. Uh in his major league debut. Mm-hmm. Or wait, no. Not his I don't think it was his major league debut. It was his first start. First time debut as a starting oh, yeah. pitcher. Right. Uh so that is the eighth eighth of the season, which mm-hmm. ties the record, breaks the modern record. But
1: also the first sense the sticky stuff sticks. Together. Right. Yeah, and it was like right after... Uh, <laughs> Rosenthal. Yeah,
0: what did he say? Do you remember the quote? He said...
1: Hey, I don't remember exactly, but he said something about the sticky stuff and the no-hitters. Yeah, 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 how
0: we aren't going to yeah. see another no-hitter this well, year. No, we don't. haven't
1: seen one since. he said. Yeah, better, and then I there's don't... one... And it was like an was hour like, before. Yeah. Yeah,
0: so that's good timing. Uh, so that breaks the modern-day record, but it ties the all-time record, which was set in 1884 uh two pitchers two pitchers ever have thrown a no-hitter in their starting pitching debut if you can name either of them i'll i, I don't know i'll give you a, a large sum of money
1: two pitchers ever besides two pitchers be- ever besides gilbert obviously
0: besides gilbert yeah <laughs> gilbert's the third yeah so two pitchers and one was in eighteen eighty, eighteen ninety two, 1892, yeah, and the other was in 1953. Yeah, I'm not going to know either of them then. Bumpus Jones. Yeah. That was for the Reds in 1892. And Bobo Holloman. Yeah. In 1953 for the Browns, which I would say was St. Louis, probably. I think right, that's right. St. Louis Browns. So Gilbert does this with his uh, parents and girlfriend in the stands, so... You know, chicks dig the long ball, they probably dig no hitters. I'm sure he had probably he probably got rewarded that night, I would think. <laughs> uh so yeah, one more. We have what? One well, we have all of September, so four weeks, about two weeks left in August. It's so about six weeks of baseball left before we get to playoff time for there to be one more for it to break the all time record. Which I still – I didn't look to see what the hell the difference is between the all-time and modern. Like, modern because of how many innings they're playing or how many games they're playing in a season. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, but I mean, those guys – We've learned in sports history segment that those guys back in, like, the early 1900s were throwing, like, 20-inning games.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And – A lot of them would pitch like every second or third day. Yeah. So
0: So that's, uh, yeah, that's it for baseball. We got a little NFL to talk about. Justin Fields says NFL's slow. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that comment will not come back to haunt him (laughs) at all. He won't regret that because he just pissed off every player on defense. (laughs) Like they take that personally. Mm -hmm. You can't say that. In a preseason game, nonetheless. And not to mention, too, this was what I thought was hilarious. Like, he says the game slowed down. His touchdown pass was to a guy there wasn't anyone within 20 yards of him. Like, it's <laughs> not like he made, like, this tremendous throw. The guy was, like, butt naked, got behind the coverage somehow, and was just standing there. Did you see that highlight? No, no. Yeah, his touchdown pass, the guy was, like, standing at the – 10 or 15 yard line nobody near him <laughs> like no within 10 15 yards nobody even knew he was back there until the ball got thrown there's busted coverage and but the nfl's slow because right, that's, that's going to happen every he, does he think that's going to happen every sunday <laughs> Is it just going to be that easy yeah Idiot.
1: Just got to play the Texans every Sunday. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, that is a team that he could probably have much success against if it was his entire schedule. But not to say Fields is going to be bad, but you just got to slow down. Uh, Trey Lance. It is slowed down to him. Well, yeah. He. (laughs) (laughs) Correct. Uh, Trey Lance. He made a good throw in coverage. Like, guy, I mean, the receiver burnt the d-back but he made a great throw it was like an 80 yard bomb touchdown uh he did finish i think five of 17 but on or out he had an explanation for all of that all is well with trey lance he'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> it's just ask michael he'll tell you uh but yeah the <laughs> the, the the way the media overreacts to a rookie quarterback in their very first preseason game just kind of makes me laugh. Like defenses are running simplified playbooks. They aren't like going balls to the wall. Half the starters aren't even in the game, if not three quarters, if not all. Uh, so I just get a kick out of like uh, Ian Rapport put like uh pitcher. I think it, I can't remember which, if it was Lance or if it was fields, but he put, like, a photo of him throwing a touchdown, and it said, like, he wrote, like, repeatedly, like, 20 times, like, don't get excited about preseason. Don't get excited about preseason. Like, he's saying he's excited. But it's, like, just the media overreaction to this whole, I don't know. The Browns, like, went 4-0 and in the preseason, like, two or three years in a row when they were finishing the season 2-14. and It's nothing to get excited about. Mm-hmm. I just pray for no injuries. That's like my, when I'm watching a preseason game, I'm just saying hallelujahs to the football gods when they get off the field and nobody's hurt. So I don't know. Uh, Do you think Allen plays this weekend?
1: I don't know. Probably not.
0: I don't think so either. But I also wouldn't be surprised because I kind of have a theory that Game two of the preseason is now what we would know as Game three, which Game three was always like dress rehearsal kind of thing, like where the starters would stay in the longest, right? Any preseason I've ever witnessed, the Game three, like Game one, then maybe a series or two, Game two, maybe a series or two. I mean, yeah, when you get to also the
1: a difference of having. Josh Allen as your starting quarterback and Tyrod Taylor too. So Well, I'm but, but I'm I mean, not even talking
0: just Buffalo. I mean in general. Yeah, I but I'm the, saying when
1: you have a high profile quarterback like that, a lot of times they don't play like in the Brady
0: case. played game one.
1: Yeah. He, there's Mahomes been a lot of, a lot of years that, that Brady hasn't played too. There are a lot of years that a lot of those guys don't play. So I mean I don't know I you're completely guessing. Yes. I mean yeah. may I
0: or just, may not. I think that game th- three was formerly known as like Jazz Rehearsal because as okay. now after game 4 that's when all the cuts were made or before but now after game 3 is when all the cuts are made so game 3 is going to be we're looking at guys who are fighting to make the roster like they're the ones who we're going to see the most of and that's always been historically what you saw in preseason game 4 so i would say that transitions now to game 3 and game 2 but i don't know i if they just paid allen all that money i don't and he's doing well in camp so i don't give a shit if he plays Against the Bears or not. I don't
1: really give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Stay
0: healthy. That's all I care about. Uh, The last episode, we talked about taunting and how they're going to make that a thing, flagging the shit out of it, right? Mm -hmm. So it happened in preseason already. Mm -hmm. Did you see this? Mm -hmm. Benny LeMay, the running back from the Colts, uh, took a handoff and carried roughly five defenders on his back for, like, seven or eight yards. Mm-hmm. And when he got tackled, he got up and he turned around and all he did was, a like, a flex. A, and not, like, bicep flex, but, like, I what, what, I don't know what that pose is called. I'm not a fucking bodybuilder, but hands down flexing, like, uh, you know, like, beat my chest kind of thing. Flag. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, NFL players took notice. Cam Jordan said the no fun league is back in action. Uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, said so. We can't even show emotion now, which I agree with that. That's not how is that taunting?
1: Like, I'm sticking to what I said. I think, I think that won't be after like week six.
0: I hope so. I hope it's not after week two. I hope they, and that might be too. I,
1: I think that they're gonna slam down on it just to prove a point type thing. At least it's happened with other penalties before, yeah. too, and then it kind of fades fades back to normal.
0: Well, that's what – I mean, if I was a running back in the NFL and I just carried five linemen or you know, three linemen and two linebackers on my back down the field for 10 yards, I'd be pretty amped up. How do you not – what are you just supposed to – that's normal. Flip yeah. the ball to the ref, back to the huddle. It's stupid. Yeah, I'm not really that concerned about. it. I don't think it's going to
1: end up being that big. It I wouldn't be, say I'm concerned. An, I just it'll think be a the fact non-discussion halfway through the year. I in hope my so. Opinion.
0: <laughs> I hope so because I agree with you know Tyler Lockett that it's an emotional game. They get amped up. You know, plays like that specifically. That's what riles your team up. They see a guy carrying dudes on their back. I, you know, just I just think they're trying to remove some energy from it. The Washington Redskins team has narrowed their list down to eight. Did you see any of them?
1: Oh, are they? Uh, no, I have not.
0: Well, not. that's good because today you and I are going to vote. Oh, okay. Perfect. All right. So they went from 30. They had roughly 30 in April. They're now down to eight names that they're going to go with. Nice. Okay. I have not seen any of these. The things. very first one, ready? Washington Armada. Then we have the Washington Brigade. So now, before I get to the rest of them, and we're not talking, not counting football team as the name. Mm -hmm. Although that is one of the ones that they they just might stay with it. Mm -hmm. Uh but we'll get to that. So So if they stay with football team or go to Armada or Brigade, they will be the only NFL team without an S on the on uh their their team name. There is two in baseball, a handful no two in the NBA. This was a contest once, and I think it was actually in one of my college classes that they... I think it was sports writing. They made us think, like we couldn't look anything up. Name teams that don't have an S on the end. Mm -hmm. Can you name any? Basketball. I know
1: the Jazz,
0: yeah. Jazz?
1: I don't know the other one, I guess. Orlando? Yeah.
0: Magic? We have the Oklahoma City...
1: Oh, so there's three.
0: Thunder, yes. And then in hockey... Lightning, Wild, Avalanche, there's quite a few there too, but baseball is super easy. Red Sox. And if it's the Red, Red Sox, Sox, what must the other one be? <laughs> Wait, so there yeah. you go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Nailed it. All, All right, right, so back to, back to this. Washington All Armada, Washington Brigade, Washington Commanders, the Washington Red Wolves, the Washington Defenders, Washington Presidents, Washington Red Hogs, and then the football team. So I already know where my vote goes. I mean, let's just go through each of them. Armada? No. Why? What is... No. Brigade? Brigade I don't hate. I don't hate that one. hmm i don't love it i'm not I don't married really love to it. any of them you don't love any of them I love one Do you? yep commanders pretty generic like i feel like that's like a a made-up team name for like a movie you know like uh what was that movie the replacements yeah yeah there'd be like a team on there <laughs> uh the red wolves another one i don't hate honestly
1: i that's probably the one that stuck out to me the most i guess i guess i would i would probably say just when you went through them quickly that one might for some reason stuck out so okay I'm well i might have sped, sped
0: by one intentionally so that you didn't think about it because <laughs> it's, it's amazing uh the defenders another that that to me is like same category as like the movie one as commanders yeah, yeah defenders commanders presidents is just stupid
1: can you imagine? Yeah. Why
0: the f- Why that's, would you? That's the worst one. That's the worst of all of them. Go with Armada, please. <laughs> okay. So, ready for my favorite? Do you remember it now? The Washington Red Hogs.
1: Yeah, okay. I remember so,
0: them. they, their fans dress up yeah, like I, pigs, yeah. pigs, right? Yeah, I understand that. I, just, so I still like the Red Hogs. Bring dogs, it all but- back. They can do everything except for the head and the skins and it's all normal again. Yeah. Red Hogs. I like it. I mean they if they keep the color scheme then you have the fans. I know there's like a group of fans that dress up like female pigs, don't they? Mm-hmm. They wear like dresses and pig masks or something. Yeah, it so, was from
1: their big offensive line they had in like the 90s.
0: Is that what it was from?
1: Yeah. So I like when they they won the Super Bowl against Buffalo. I think. I think if
0: if they go with anything but Red Hogs, they failed. Uh, If they go with Presidents, they're probably going to lose a good piece of their fan base because people are just going to hate that. It's just so dumb. Jesus. All All right. So, what was your vote? Red Wolves.
1: I think I like the Red Wolves. The Red Hogs is good too, though,
0: yeah. All right. So you go Red Wolves, I'll go Red Hogs. For what you said. It'll end up being presidents, and then we can just motherfuck them uh, some more at some point. So, yeah, that's, yeah.
1: Yours had good reasoning too, though. Yeah, for the Hogs. For the, for the, yeah, for the, yeah, exactly. I feel like
0: they're including the fan base a little bit. Right. I think that's cool. Um, Uh,. So last thing here for the opening segment, J.R. Smith, former Cav, right? You know more about this guy yeah. than I do. Yeah. Okay. And he's a champion? He won a championship? Yep. Okay. He was on the championship. With LaFlop? Oh, yeah. Okay. He was LaFlop's teammate. Is he the one who they think slept with LeBron's mother? No. Who's that?
1: That was Delonte West. Oh. And he's like. He's like a drug addict now and stuff. He's been
0: Did he sleep with LeBron's mom?
1: I supposedly. Yeah, that's a story.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he like we're... literally
1: lives on the streets now. He like homeless oh, really? and stuff. Yeah. Well,
0: he crossed <laughs> the wrong money maker. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, whatever, Delonte. At least he, he got it in while he could. Uh, J.R. Smith Weren't they on the same team though? Was J.R. Smith a teammate of Delonte West? Like, am I? I'm picturing no. Okay.
1: Delonte West was was on played with LeBron before he ever even went to the Heat. Oh. And J. So
0: before Kyrie and before that's correct. Kevin Love. Yeah. So he's like the OG LeBron team. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, he was. And like J.R. Smith came in with.
1: He, yeah, he was brought on the team when, when he signed back with Cleveland after going to Miami. And so
0: stuff. he was part of the Kyrie-Kevin yeah. Love team. Yeah. Okay, okay, so he's 35 years old now. Mm-hmm. He went never went to college. Mm-hmm. He went straight from high school to the pros mm-hmm. and just now enrolled at North Carolina A&T play golf to play well he's getting a degree kylie <laughs> this isn't all about sports okay he's trying to better himself so liberal arts which means he's not trying to better himself and he's going to school for golf <laughs> there's that degree is just a, the most useless piece of paper you could ever get uh so but he wants to accomplish it so that's it's still an accomplishment i'll give him that but yeah so the ncaa is determining his eligibility and I want to say, like, old NCAA would fuck this up and not let him play for some reason. I think we're turning a page. I think they're starting to figure some things out. They know this would be good for that school. It would be good for the school. If I lived in that area, I'd go watch J.R. Smith golf. I'd try and golf with him if I could. I didn't even know he was that into golf, that he's, like, good enough to even play college golf. Yeah. So I didn't like look up like his handicap or anything, but I saw um, that he's like the, the I read this article about him in Golf Digest. So he's good enough to like be in that magazine. Like and they said he's like a regular at some place. It must be near there where he lives or whatever. But I guess he's pretty good. I mean, he'd have to be to golf. I, I would assume that's division one. Maybe not. But right. have, even I if it's no D2, idea. that's still you're still a college golfer. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't matter what division you are. If you're good enough to play at the college level, you're still better than me. Are they like giving? are they like giving him a scholarship? They should. Or is he have to try to walk on? I don't know. That's a good question too. Right, cuz maybe, I, he's, I, not, I maybe, he maybe he's not maybe he's not
1: going to be good enough to be on the team. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he might not just be on the team. He might not make the team. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Like Tebow, <laughs> right.
0: which I actually forgot to write that down, but we have to talk about it now. Uh, when you're wrong, you're wrong. <laughs> Tebow, not meant to be a tight end. It's not going to be
1: the reason why the Jags won the Super Bowl. No.
0: <laughs> 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 so that... I mean, I that was the, that, the, yeah. The so fan I think the yeah, I fall I fall all the way into last place for the fan rant just because of that. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> Couldn't learn how to block in the what five eight years you've been out of football. Couldn't figure some shit out. So I didn't see the videos. I didn't want to watch them because I didn't want to be embarrassed for him. But I guess there's like two videos of him in the preseason game attempting to run block and it's just like a complete atrocity I didn't watch him though
1: I didn't see a single buffalo Bill's highlight let alone any other oh really of preseason football there season. really wasn't many highlights in the <laughs> Bills game either I didn't I didn't see anything yeah so I' didn't,
0: yeah there was like some videos circulating the internet and he was getting roasted <laughs> and yeah nice so uh I mean I'm sure he'll go back into broadcasting he, he he'll be fine. Like he'll find a job somewhere cool. It's Tim Tebow. So But last place fan rant goes to me. <laughs> Everybody else, congratulations. All right, we're gonna take a break. We will be back with this weekend sports history. Hi, this is Chris Rossetti, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you
1: about our new website, D9and10sports.com. It's just like the old one, but with the word and in the number 10 added to the end. D9and10sports.com is your new home for District 9 and District 10 high school sports, and we are doing all the things you have come to love from us, plus much, much more. Our goal is the same, to cover every sport at every school in both D9 and D10 in a variety of ways, including writing, video, and audio. If you're a high school sports fan, you need to check out D9and10sports.com today. Let's take a look back at This Week in Sports History.
0: This week's edition of This Week in Sports History is brought to you by D9and10sports.com, the home for all things District 9, District 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. So this week, we're taking a break from 10 facts because Kylie's mind has just been so boggled by those and all the Pirates excitement that I had to dial it back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Too much pirate and Yankees Yeah <laughs> In there. Too much, yeah And some good pirate stuff, which <laughs> is nice, you know uh, So this week I decided And I found this story I can't even remember where I don't know if somebody sent it to me or not But anyways uh, This week we're going to tell the story of Raymond Johnson Chapman So I'm going to get into it uh, Ray Chapman He was an American baseball player, born January fifteenth, eighteen ninety-one. Chapman spent his entire career. I'd make him one hundred and thirty this year. Correct. Yeah, he would be a (laughs) hundred. Quick math, Kylie. Uh, (laughs) He spent his entire career with the Cleveland organization. All right. He broke into the majors in nineteen twelve with then the Cleveland Naps. Which shortly after became the Indians. In nineteen eighteen, Chapman led the American League in runs scored and walks. He was a top notch bunter, and Chapman is sixth on the all time list for sacrifice hits in a single season with sixty seven. That was a record. Uh he moved into sixth. He'd had sixty seven in the year nineteen seventeen.
1: There's probably not even sixty seven sacrifices. In a year. For the whole league. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's none of that anymore. If they are, they sack flies. That would be, right, the, that'd right. be it. Yeah. Not, definitely that, not bunts. No. Yeah.
1: What's bunning?
0: Yeah. That shit's gone. You can't launch angle a bun.
1: <laughs>
0: right. What kind of exit
1: velocity <laughs> are you getting on that?
0: Yeah. Chicks dig the long ball. <laughs> Anyways. So. Ahead. Chapman batted 300 or better three times. And led the tribe in stolen bases four times. This is one of my favorite facts about Ray, Ray Chapman. And this keeps getting my mind going, and I have to remember to do it. I want to do a segment on Ty Cobb, because Ty Cobb's like one of my favorite. Like, if I could go back and watch one player, mm-hmm. that's who I would want to watch. I, I like
1: really old school guys like that. They're, they're fascinating to him. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: all he did was drink, smoke cigarettes, <laughs> and hang out with strippers. And just mashed a baseball during the daytime. Him and Mickey Mail. Yeah. Like how like that was an athlete back then. Now they're like in, you know, peak physical condition and training constantly. Ty Cobb was like, (laughs) man. The movie about him is really good. But yeah, I'd like to do I gotta do a sports history bit on him. But anyways, so yeah, Chapman. Uh, It it was well known that he was one of the few players whom Ty Cobb considered a friend. Because Ty Cobb didn't get along with anyone. Like his whole team, he wasn't a good teammate. Nobody liked him. He was a dickhead. Uh, Known for spiking when he slid. Uh, But anyways, this isn't about Ty Cobb. We'll get to him another time. But he was friends with Ray Chapman. As the 1920 season arrived, there was talk that it would be Chapman's last season. Chapman had married Kathleen Daly, the daughter of a prominent Cleveland Cleveland businessman, and indicated that he would retire and devote himself to the family business that he's marrying into and devote his time to beginning his own family. So that's what brings us to August 16th, 1920. Chapman was in the batter's box against New York Yankees pitcher Carl Mays at the polo grounds, when he was struck in the head and killed by a pitch he's the only player in major league baseball history that was ever killed by a pitch in a game okay so at the at the time this happened pitchers commonly dirtied balls with soil licorice or and tobacco juice and scuffed sandpapered scarred cut or spiked them giving a misshapen earth colored ball that traveled through the air erratically and tended to soften uh, in later innings. And as it came over the plate, it was very hard to see because they made them so dirty that it would be more difficult for a a batter to pick it up. Maze threw with a sub submarine style delivery. uh, And it was in the late afternoon. So eyewitnesses recounted that Chapman did not react to the pitch at all, presumably unable to see it. So he didn't even know like it was coming at his head. The sound of the ball striking Chapman's skull was so loud that Mays thought it had hit the end of Chapman's bat. He fielded the ball and threw it to first because it came that far into the field off of his head. Home plate umpire Tommy Connolly, noticing that Chapman was bleeding from his left ear, screamed towards the stands for a doctor. Trists Speaker, who had been on deck, rushed to Chapman, as did several players from each team. Carl Mays merely stood on the mound. Chapman tried to walk, but his knees buckled as he was helped off the field by his teammates. He mumbled, I'm all right. Tell Mays not to worry. Ring. Katie's ring. Before falling unconscious. Chapman was taken to St. St. Lawrence Hospital a short distance from the polo grounds where he died at about 4.40 a.m. from brain damage. His pregnant wife, Katie, summoned from Cleveland by phone arrived at 10 a.m., and fainted after learning that he died. Thousands of mourners attended Chapman's funeral at the Cathedral of St. John in Cleveland, and he was buried at Lakeview Cemetery. Uh, Cleveland baseball players wore black armbands for the remainder of the season. So his death, uh, like I said, he is the only player to die directly from an injury received during a Major League Baseball game. His death led baseball to establish a rule requiring umpires to replace the ball whenever it becomes dirty. Chapman's death and sanitary concerns also led to the ban on spitballs after the 1920 season. Chapman's death was also one of the examples cited to justify wearing of batting helmets. However, it took over 30 years for that rule to be adopted. So it's pretty wild. Uh, Yeah, so I saw that and I was like, you know, that's something that uh a lot of people you know have said over the last decade like in football like we're gonna see somebody die on a football field from a hit uh of course they're now changing rules to make that hopefully not possible uh and of course um you know the equipment that they're they're doing things with helmets now and everything but uh baseball I I mean, just last night, actually, say, Chris wait, Bassett. Yeah, got, I was gonna
1: say, if it happens in baseball, it's gonna be. It's that. gonna be a pitcher. Yeah,
0: yeah, and Chris Bassett took a pretty bad one last night, right? Yeah, I just okay. uh, read about it, and I I think it was a hundred mile an hour bat speed or speed yeah. off the.
1: I didn't you, probably I'm yeah not sure, struck
0: but. him in the head, so he was hospitalized. Um, they but, said
1: it, I read today that his vision's perfect twenty twenty. Um, but he, you know, he still has, you know. I'm sure he has a concussion yeah, from all hell. But it's good that he's got all vision and stuff,
0: right? Uh, so yeah, that's the story of Ray Chapman. Uh, that was going to be it for sports history uh, until Kylie told me about something that to lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, you know, because that's a that's a sad story, of course. You know, uh, so this one here a little more humor filled. Uh, Well, unless your name is Alice Roth, then you might not think it's that funny. (laughs) But uh, so 64 years ago, uh, yesterday, I guess. So that would be what the August 17th, Richie Ashburn fouls off 17 straight pitches in the same at bat during the Phillies 3-1 victory over the New York Giants. At Philadelphia's Connie Mack Stadium. 17 straight pitches.
1: 17 foul off.
0: He had to have been exhausted. And the pitcher was I wonder just kind of annoyed.
1: Right. I wonder what the total pitch count for that bat was. Yeah, like that's a good over. question.
0: <laughs> so the reason we're sharing this is because one of those foul balls goes into the crowd and breaks the nose of a woman named Alice Roth. So, of course, they all tend to her, and as they're carrying Roth out of the stands... And
1: Ashburn's still fouling off pitches. Ashburn hits
0: her again with another foul ball. It's just not her day.
1: Holy shit. Probably
0: never, like... I
1: mean, they were probably getting peppered all around her the whole time. Right. The whole way. Yeah. For, uh, for 15 minutes.
0: <laughs> like an aerial assault.
1: Yeah.
0: So she gets... I, I just can't the <laughs>
1: It's unbelievable. I just
0: am imagining uh like her being, you know, broken nose off, yeah. off shit and then they're carrying her <laughs> out and another one it. hits her. And like she's probably just like, Oh like, <laughs> come on. Oh, so that's uh yeah, so uh, it uh turns out the lady Alice Roth is the wife of Earl Roth, the then sports editor. Of the late great Philadelphia Bulletin Ashburn later brings flowers to Mrs. Roth While she recovers in the nearby hospital So that was a nice one too uh, I mean not that it was like his fault But it's just <laughs> what a crazy uh, Like how's that happen yeah. You know Like getting struck by lightning twice It's just nuts So Alright That'll wrap up uh, this week In sports history if Kylie's mind calms down over the next couple of weeks, I might throw 10 facts out there again, but Maybe. I'm worried about them. <laughs> so, this edition of this week in sports history is brought to you by D nine and 10 sports.com the home for all things, district nine, district 10 sports. If you love sports, this is the place to be. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with the things that sting Jones Pest Control, your hometown pest control company, servicing residential
1: and commercial properties in Warren and surrounding areas since 2015. Sean and his crew will work tirelessly to keep your home or business free of insects to rodents and everything in between. Contact Jones Pest Control at 814-230-9548 and set up an appointment today. And remember, ants, spiders, bees, or mice don't think twice. Call Jones
0: Pest Control, 814-230-9548.
1: Now, time for the things that sting. The worst stories in sports, according to Joe.
0: This week's edition of The Things That Sting is brought to you by Jones Pest Control. Ants, spiders, bees, or mice don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control at 814 230 9548. That's 814 230 9548. So, I shared some good news with Kylie. I found two websites. One is uh, anchored by the USA Today, and you can track NFL player arrests by date. So that'll make this segment a lot easier to plan from here on out. Uh, I don't have to just hope I heard about it. And there's actually a good handful that I'd missed since this whole thing started, since the podcast started. You only hear about, like, the players who are a little bit more worth a damn, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, some of the other ones, yeah, like under the radar uh i mean Alden smith was on there because he like choked the guy out during a confrontation or something there's a couple others but really is yeah. that
1: is that why they released him then do you think
0: uh, it, that happened a while ago oh so, so i would have thought i mean maybe uh they were waiting to see like what took place with the court process and maybe he's about to be put in jail or something i don't know because I mean, he's getting up there with the old criminal history. Yeah. <laughs> so you can only skate so many times before you don't have to actually serve some type of sentence. Well, that... we
1: said on the last one we were going to try to follow up with that. So yeah. <laughs> There you go. I guess. Yeah. A bit.
0: <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, there was a there was a handful on there that I didn't I didn't know about. So I'm going to keep track of that. I also found one for the NBA, uh, but they've been pretty well behaved. Uh, and MLB, the only thing. Uh, when I punched it in, the only thing I could find was uh, the same. Uh, the last story was about Marcelo Zuna. So, and we've covered that. Um, no, Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer did speak out, but I didn't read the article on it. I still want to wait till his court comes around. Uh, but he did. He has broken his silence, uh, but I didn't read it. So I don't know what he said. Probably um, that he didn't do it. And. He's a good guy. People like him, tries hard, loves the game, whatever. The the same, you know, what they all say, what the public wants to hear. Uh, so I did find one story, but then we are going to turn things that sting this week into a little fantasy talk because uh, I put a couple posts on the Facebook page and I'm getting some responses. So we're going to go over uh, some booms, some busts, and some sleepers. But before we get to that, One story I just wanted to mention, I thought it was worthy. Uh, This came out yesterday. Federal prosecutors said that Robert Fryer, a former assistant director of open admissions for the USGA, made more than a million by reselling uh, tickets for the US Open. So he stole tickets that were worth $3.4 million, and he resold them for his own profit. So the former employee of Professional Golf's governing body stole thousands of highly coveted tickets to one of the sports premier events, sold them year after year, and pocketed a profit of more than $1 million, federal authorities said on Tuesday. Prosecutors accused Robert Fryer, the former assistant director in the U.S. Golf Association's ticketing office of conspiring with two Eastern Pennsylvania ticket resale companies to provide 23,000 pilfered passes to the U S men's open tournaments between 2013 and 2019 with a face value of more than 3.4 million. So they allegedly paid him uh, 1.15 million for his efforts and resold the tickets for a combined profit of 1.7 million. Uh, the, the prosecutors did not identify who the the ticket resale businesses were, uh, but the acting U.S. attorney uh, accused Fryer of exploiting both fans and his position at the USGA, uh, which is a New Jersey-based organization. Uh, there's a quote from the prosecutor where she says, criminals that conduct ticket schemes like this prey on the excitement surrounding big events. So, uh, that guy's he's pretty good and fucked, I'd say. That's not <laughs> unemployed, probably gonna do and he's uh working through the federal court system, which I'm sure is a you know good time. Yeah. So just another idiot to add to the list. But yeah, I just wanted to throw that one in there quick, but now we are going to discuss fantasy football right around the corner. How many leagues are you in this year?
1: Uh, three or four, I think. I'm actually out of two or three of them because I just couldn't do drafts. So you were up to like seven. I don't think I ever was. No, it was there was some. It's hard to explain. Okay, I won't get into it that detailed. Okay,
0: but how many? I think I was
1: in four or five last year, and I think I'm going to end up in about the same.
0: Okay, but I all money leagues. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm in 2. When I'm in that many,
1: I wouldn't do any for free. Right. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't yeah pay no, attention. that's a good point.
0: Um so yeah, I'm in 2. I do uh six frogs in a pond, which is we kind of created that last year spin off from our old league because COVID year, we wanted deeper benches, so we did smaller teams or or I'm sorry, fewer teams so that the waiver wire was a little deeper and we also created like the we put the IL in so that if a player got COVID we could put them there and not have to use a roster spot um, so that's like my money league that I like but then I do a work league too with just guys from work and that's like 20 bucks and I just auto draft it I don't even sometimes I don't even set the roster on that one but uh i I mean, I usually do. I try and at least make sure I have players and I just don't right. seek out, you know, trades or waiver wire too much or anything like that. Uh, but we're right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's going to have drafts coming up over the next couple weeks. Right. Our mine for six frogs in a pond is, I think, September 2nd. But uh, so... With drafting, everybody has their own strategies. You do a lot of homework on these, don't you? Usually,
1: I used to do more than I do
0: now, really. Don't I mean, do Honestly, as much. I
1: don't think I do as well still. Like, I really feel like just from the last couple of years slacking on my drafts more than I used to, I really think it's more like the, like the waiver process is uh, where you make you got to hit
0: on waivers. Yeah, I I, mean, the, I think
1: that's where you win and lose a lot of the leagues.
0: Is, the, is way the year right. I cleaned up the Fantasy League that has now become Six Frogs, it used to have, I think, eight or ten guys, I can't remember, but um, the year I cleaned up on that, mm-hmm. I snagged Kamara, and it was like his, mm-hmm. you know, that was his breakout season, and I snagged him in like week three. Mm-hmm. So I had him the entire year. I just steamrolled, I think, everybody. But then... Uh, yeah so I mean it's just an example because, of-
1: because if you're doing snake draft which most people do I every league I'm in does except for you know, there might be one that doesn't I can't even remember now but then there's just not as much strategy to it as is if you're doing an auction draft there's way more strategy to an auction draft so you can and if you're if you have a lot of guys in the middle of rounds you like and you can save money till then and blah 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 but but like uh, with a snake draft, you're kind of just at the mercy of where you fall, where the picks get to you, and right. there's not a whole lot of strategy to it, really. No. <laughs> so it's like it is, you draft your guys, you hope they don't get hurt, and then you make the right waiver pickups. Really, you're, you're active on the waiver wire, and and i that's that's mostly my I yeah philosophy my- for snake drafts. I think that you know that's the thing though nobody really ever wants to do auctions and stuff i think they're they're better honestly personally if you if you if you want to play serious fantasy football and stuff but it, most people take it a little more casually and I, honestly even me cuz i don't do as much research as i used to are you in now. any keeper <laughs> leagues uh i'm not in any keeper uh, it's like a rotating keeper again it's I won't even get into it, but and then I'm in a one that I'm started this year. That's a dynasty one that is. I mean, literally, we drafted this year, and there's no there's no more redrafting. You only draft the rookies every year now. Right. The team I have is the team I have. And then you get a couple of rookies. <clears throat> yeah, we'll just draft from the rookie class every year now. Wow. And you can do trades and stuff whenever, but yeah, you can trade draft picks and everything. And
0: hmm, I, I kind of like. That sounds like a lot it is a lot. I'm, no, I mean, it sounds like a lot of fun, like oh, you, yeah. you you it is a lot. It's a lot but, too, but yeah I mean just like uh, putting more into it, and it's like that's your franchise, yeah, so it's a little bit more than just this is your team this year, this is my team next year. it's like, this is your team for years to come.
1: Yeah, they had a cool app that they did for it too that I liked. It's called Sleeper, and when we drafted, you had like you had like eight or 12 hours, I think it was to pick. So that it was oh, so it, was, it was just a slow draft. We started in like February and it lasted like a month or longer, wow. I, over a month maybe. That's but, cool.
0: But it was yeah. You, so it was like so that way everybody could. You didn't have to sit down and you know really right like, get together.
1: Yeah. It was it was all on the phone, but it was it was kind of a cool thing. So then
0: when you draft rookies, do you have to remove players who are on your bench in order to create space for them, or the bench is bigger?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you still have. You can't just keep adding people, yeah. right? Yeah, you have to release people if you, but like when we drafted our rookies this year, that was kind of put in to unless you made trades because if you made trades and got if you traded like draft picks for players and stuff, then your roster was bigger. But if you just drafted, then the, you had spots for your rookies. How you many rounds players. is the
0: rookie draft?
1: It was four, I think. Okay,
0: yeah, that makes sense then. Okay,
1: because obviously defensive players aren't used, so right? It's just
0: yeah. All right. Uh, have you ever heard of a Vampire League? No, not Vampire. Guillotine. What's the Guillotine League?
1: Guillotine's... Well, now it would be what? I don't know. It, uh, teams eliminated each week.
0: Okay. So the, this is different. Okay. And okay. Uh, I explain that? my I coworker, Matt different. Mumford, and yeah. our other buddy, Kevin, Dustin... Dustin. They do this with all their buddies from Slippery Rock uh, Cross Country because that, that, they both ran down there for school. Okay, and I, I'm trying to think exactly how it goes, but it's something along the lines of, um, if your team score like the very first week, the team that like scores the least amount of points, uh, they lose and all their team gets dumped into. Yeah, that's the, what
1: that's what this is. Yeah. Okay, but, but they stay. Out.
0: They're not out though. Oh. In this. Oh, and the guillotine. Back in and The team. They're, they're out. still in, and they have a chance to rebuild, oh. and then work their way through the season. It's okay, something. So that's something, different. Yeah. If I I'll ask them, and then next episode, if I have to correct myself, I will because I can't remember exactly. Hellman,
1: Hellman runs a, one of the guillotine leagues. legs. Yeah, and. So, that's
0: where everybody just gets dumped into the waivers and that person's out that of the league. That person's out of the league. Yeah. If okay. you're
1: lasting points, your players go in and there's a waiver order, you know what I mean? It, well, actually, there's not a waiver order. Sorry. Everybody gets the FAB money. Right. And, you know, if Mahomes is out there, you can use all your FAB if you want to get them. But, wow. You know, but... All
0: uh, right. So, so let's see. get to... Uh... What are we gonna do first? Boomer, boomer, bust. That was the post I put up yesterday. So we have some uh, players. We'll run through and give a little of our not so expert analysis. I would say,
1: yeah, I'm. say, <laughs> yeah, we'll do the best we can. Whatever, yeah, but uh, at this point in the year, really, everybody's just kind of guessing stuff yeah. anyway. Really. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's mostly about avoiding injuries more than anything. Right. It really is.
0: So we have. Let me see if make sure they're all showing up on here. All comments. All right, I'll just start at the top of this list. So Ryan Klein, that's the uh, host of Me, Myself, and Rye, says Donovan Peoples-Jones is his boom and Kamara is the bust. Uh, I've seen a lot of people saying this about Kamara, though, that he's just not going to be the same without Breeze because he caught a lot of balls from Mm -hmm. him. and um,
1: It's worried me because I have him in one... That the one that is like a rotated keeper that I was talking about, and I'm keeping them. I like have to. I can't not. And it worries me a little bit. But what are you going to do? Right. I. I mean, I could see it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I could too.
1: But I don't know. He's also very good. We'll see. I guess I don't know. he is very good. They have a very good offensive line.
0: So. Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's with the Browns, though. right? Yeah. Okay. As okay. far as I know. And I. I mean, you got OBJ. Landry, right? And with a healthy OBJ, who's the other kid that they have that I like? They have a really Higgins. athletic Higgins, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, with
1: a healthy OBJ, and the, as much as they like to run the ball, that's gonna that's be that's the other thing. That's too. a tough, that's a, Heavy tough run. that's a tough boom, yeah. But you know, I, 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 who knows? Yeah, I'm not trying to, <laughs>
0: Dave Sherman. Says Matt Stafford, boom. That's another popular one that I've yeah. seen in a lot of places. I like
1: that one too. I mean, that one makes a lot of you're sense. You're going to
0: like his, you're going to really like his his bust here. <laughs> Stefan Diggs. <laughs> so, uh, next time I play basketball, with Sherm, I might throw a couple extra elbows <laughs> for that. No, I mean, He's, Diggs, who knows? Diggs is going through some knee stuff right now, Some Hopefully knee that,
1: stuff. And I mean, he couldn't have much better of a year, right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Unless he I mean, had some more touchdowns, I guess. But uh
0: but yeah, I don't know. Um when we get to sleeper, uh keeping it on the bills, when we get to sleeper, Tom Bleem said uh Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. So I, who knows? I mean I hope Diggs has a great season again, but I just hope I, he's healthy. I, that end. too. <laughs> yeah. Uh we have uh, Thomas Mitchell says CD Lamb for the boom. He's also a Cowboys fan, I will note.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that one makes sense if if Dak's healthy and stuff. I mean, that can definitely I like CD Lamb. Yeah, that yeah. that one totally makes sense. I think as far as that goes, too, I think Amari Cooper I think he's be I think he's being slept on a little more than he should. He could be a top 5 receiver if yeah. Dak's healthy. Yeah,
0: there's a lot of people who are going CD Lamb and like saying like I I might even have been on me, myself and Riot the other day. They did a fantasy episode and I think somebody on there was like Amari Cooper's on the down slope of his career or something. I'm like, he ain't that, he's not that yeah, old. No. Uh, I, th- I think
1: he could end up being like this year's digs if right. Prescott's healthy. Yeah. Really.
0: Uh, and Thomas Mitchell for his bust says Julio down by the schoolyard. So, <laughs> uh, uh, that's another one that I could see. I, I think the hype of Julio going to Tennessee is just that hype. I mean, he's good. He's going to be good. He'll be productive, but I just don't think. If he's on the field. He's, it's just a. That's his
1: big thing with him.
0: The, the thing. And when we get to my bust, which I don't think anybody's going to take him as a boom, but we'll circle back to the Titans because I have a little bit to say about them uh Brian Lastman has AJ Dillon as the boom and Alvin Kamara for the bus so AJ Dillon gonna be splitting carries with Aaron Jones right Jones yeah yeah so uh again that's another one but I think AJ Dillon that was who I wanted Buffalo to draft when they I don't the, think
1: he's really going to be splitting with all that money they paid Aaron Jones. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing, too, His touches. I, I think Aaron um, Jones is still going to get a huge workload.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's going to be 80-20 still, probably. <clears throat> Tim Zafino says Joe Burrow for the boom and Zeke for the bust. Joe Burrow could definitely... He has weapons, so there's. Mm-hmm. it's just, you know, protection... How he he comes back off of injury. Uh, But yeah, Chase and Higgins. uh, They still have Tyler Boyd. Mm -hmm. So they have a good receiving core. Mm -hmm. Uh, Matt Zakour says, Chase Claypool and Dak Prescott, boom. Najee Harris and Kyle Pitts, bust. So two rookies. Uh, I'll also note that Good for Matt because he's a Steeler fan. So he's throwing his own running back out there. I I can appreciate that. Uh,
1: well, the thing with them is their line's not that good, and they they like to throw the ball a lot. That's
0: they like to throw the ball a lot. But, so I'm going to say – like I think
1: Najee's, Najee's going to be probably productive, but I just don't – like fantasy-wise, I don't know that he's going to get the touches that a lot of people I just, want him to get fantasy-wise. Well,
0: I think that's going to be – the risk with taking Najee to me – is that we know the Steelers' offensive line last year was bad. It's been almost completely made over. So this is a new group playing together. Every uh, Their preseason ranking was like 31st, which is where they finished last year uh, for run, run blocking. But in reality, we don't know what that offensive line is going to be like at all because they've never played together. So if they, you know get some chemistry going, and it could take a few weeks into the season. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, but, uh, you know, once they get that continuity of playing together and, and as long as they, you know, remain healthy and things like that, we don't know what Najee's going to do. But in the grand scheme, I'm with you where it's they're, they've become a throw first team. Uh, Ben's quick pass striking was what they were going after all last year. And they
1: have all those receivers. Right.
0: Right. Uh, so yeah, it could. Uh, Kyle Pitts. I don't know. The Falcons are always a question mark to me. You just never know what the hell Matt Ryan's gonna be like, and you never know what their coaching staff's mm-hmm. gonna be like. And uh, the, the last time. time I feared the Falcons was when Buffalo played them, like what four or five years ago. And I remember Devin and I went to what the hell's that place called. Pine Junction, out by the peak, and we that's where we watched it because I was scared to death of that game. And that was the year – it was 2017, had to have been because it was the year Buffalo made the playoffs because that was one win. That was like a signature win that year uh, where I couldn't – I was shocked that they went into Atlanta and won. So that was the last time I was afraid of them. I haven't been scared of them since. So we have Andy McIntosh. Andy says JK Dobbins boom Zeke another Zeke bust. I like the JK Dobbins thing. I think that's possible. Because they're a run heavy offense and I think Do- you know Dobbins is in what year 3, year 4, year 3. I think 2 I
1: think. 2? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I think he was a rookie last year.
0: So I just, yeah, I mean, and he didn't play terrible last year. I think he's going to grow and get better. So
1: I think Edwards is going to get a lot of touches there too, and obviously Lamar. Yeah, they they do like to run the ball. That's yeah,
0: sure. they do. Uh, Edward Brown, <laughs> our fan rant heavyweight, Jared Goff, boom. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Jared. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say so. He was actually serious with this answer, so it kinda of threw me off too. He said James Robinson and Eddie N, boom. James Robinson? Yep. And he that says That one
1: surprises me a little bit with ETN.
0: Saquon bust. So that's a uh, healthy bust. Didn't
1: I think didn't I think
0: anybody bust. who's saying Saquon's gonna be a bust, <laughs> I think is assuming he's injury. not gonna stay healthy, yeah. yeah. Uh which who knows, but yeah, he he. uh,
1: The James Robinson one is an interesting boom to me with ETN because I ever re- a lot of the reports I'm seeing are saying that they they think ETN might be the starter right at week one. It, Robinson might already lost that
0: job, really? so yeah. yeah, ETN just but, the, but they were also talking about using ETN as uh like why like a put him out as a wide out
1: he's he's yeah i i think he's gonna come into the year kind of like kamara did his rookie year for the saints and, yeah but then he's he's gonna take show, over show that he has so much skills right. that,
0: that, so we're we're gonna get to sleepers next but before we do your boom and bust God, I. Don't, <laughs> you'd go first i'll go for it because so you can think about it a little yeah. bit okay uh I still have to think of a boom, actually. I didn't go to a boom, but I do have a bust. My bust is uh, Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry, either. I'll take either of them. I don't think... When the Patriots were throw-heavy using tight ends, it was when they had a guy named Tom Brady as their quarterback. Mm -hmm. And Johnny Smith... I was super – and I know I've probably even said this before. I was super pissed off when he went to New England, not because he became a Patriot, but because he said upon leaving Tennessee, he wanted to go to a team that threw the ball more. So I wanted him in Buffalo, and I thought what a perfect place for him to be if he wants to be on a team that throws the ball more. But instead, he goes from the number one pass – or I'm sorry, number one run-heavy offense, Tennessee – he goes to the number two run heavy offense last season, New England. That makes zero fucking sense. Like you, you come out and say you want it. So clearly the the paycheck spoke louder than the game plan, because he can't. Like I said, he he totally went back on what he said. So I'm saying both of them for bus because a they're gonna run a lot, and b I don't think they have a quarterback that that is that capable of. Just being consistently hitting receivers or tight ends. I mean, Cam, we don't even know. They showed a video of Cam Newton throwing into double coverage and the receiver caught it. And the headlines Cam's back. Cam's got it again. No, the receiver made a real nice play. Like he threw into double coverage and the guy came down with it. I just, I'm, I'm team scam when it comes to Cam. I don't believe in him anymore. I think he's lost arm strength. And I just don't, I don't know, I just don't think he's any good anymore. But, and Mac Jones, I mean, we don't know what he's going to be, but it'll to come in and just completely reshape the offense and make it a throwing offense again, like they did with Brady, you're asking a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you have one? I'll have a boom. Well, All right, you, can you think go boom a, and I'll, think, th- of and th- I'll th- 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 think of my and
1: boom. And then you th- think of a boom. And then, because I'm still a little bit thinking of a bust. Okay. i got a couple in mind, but. My boom, I'm I, I kind of like, and it's a combo. I'm gonna go with Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith. I, I I really like what some of the I've seen a little bit about Hurts and stuff. I've been reading a little bit and about did you see about they said that he's like when they're like when he passes players in the uh, hallway. Yeah, he's like quizzing them on the offense and yeah. stuff. And that's I've good. Seen, uh, yeah, and I don't know what you know, just little tidbits and stuff. Yeah. But you know, it's good. It's good that he's shown that much initiative, you know. Because sometimes you hear some stuff where guys aren't even going home; they don't even know the playbook. And Jamarcus so, Russell. So the blank. At tapes. least he's at least he's definitely putting forth some. And and then and not only that, but trying to make other people better at the same time, you know. And yeah, and uh, and I I really like Devonta Smith. Uh, I think he could be the best receiver in this class. I mean,
0: everybody was afraid of his size, right? Yeah.
1: But, I mean, the guy's just electric if he, if he's out there. Yeah. I mean.
0: All I right, it's, so it's, I have my boom. Terry McLaurin. There you go. That's my boom. I like that one. I like because, I like Scary Terry. Yeah, Scary Terry, plus he's got Curtis with him now. So he has somebody mm-hmm. aside, across from him, which he hasn't had That's since he's been in, uh, mm-hmm. in the Washington yep. Redskins team. And putting up numbers
1: as the only guy. As
0: the only guy. Yeah. So now he has – and maybe I'll be wrong on this and it'll be Samuel who's the boom. But it could be. Yeah, either could way, be I think that McLaurin is well, first of all, he's really, really good. Second, I think with Samuel there, it's gonna it's just gonna make him statistically better because mm-hmm. and good. now they have a quarterback who is not afraid to deliver the football right. downfield. He might turn it over right. four times right. a game, but he's, he's gonna, gonna hock it. He's gonna hock it. Yeah. So uh that that will be my my boom terry mclaurin
1: i'll go with tyler lockett for a bust um he had a pretty big year last year but he had what he, he had the one game where he had four touchdowns or something didn't he yeah and it seemed like he had a couple other like really big like it seemed like he had like a, a large majority of his season in three games or something like he had he's like a big game guy you know what i mean yeah but then he He's he's like a little out. roller coaster. Right. Yeah. Not not a straight across the board guy. And I I don't know. I can see him maybe being a little bit of a bust this year.
0: Yeah. I, uh and uh you know they still have DK and they drafted um Dwayne Eskridge, right? Yep. So yeah. Uh so we're gonna get on to sleepers. Tory Means. Terrace Marshall Jr., so that would be LSU. Is that and, the kid
1: that caught the long touchdown?
0: Uh, I, I'm not that. I'm not sure about. I don't know
1: either, but I just.
0: But he went to Carolina. I so know that
1: Sketty in our group message said that the one kid had been playing real well. that caught that long touchdown, I thought, or something.
0: Well, he's so he's going to have Darnold, who's getting his fresh start.
1: Oh, 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 oh! He I went thought, to Carolina. I thought, oh, I thought it was a Niners dude. Okay. Never mind. My no, God. I'm pretty sure it's Carolina. You, you might, that's probably right. I've just assumed, I guess, cause it was Tori that it was, <laughs> well, I
0: better look that up now just to verify, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Carolina. Okay. So, and with Samuel now gone from there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's probably going to get plugged in pretty quickly. I would imagine. Tom Bleem, Gabe Davis, as I said, uh, That wide receiver room is going to be interesting to see how it shakes out come cut time. I know Gabe Davis is safe, but, uh, and I mean, he did, he did have a really, really nice, quietly had a nice rookie year. I think if Justin Jefferson doesn't do what he did, you probably hear more people talking about what Gabe Davis did. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it very well could explode. Chris Blakesley has Mike Davis or Hunter Henry. I'm anti Hunter Hunter Henry uh, as I said already. Hunter Henry Janu. No no dice. Ryan Arnold, Jamar Chase as his sleeper. Which a lot of people I don't know if I haven't seen I a it, lot of people yeah. like him but uh Yeah, I was going to say I
1: don't I guess it depends on if you're going deep sleeper or if you're going that's yeah. not like a huge sleep player. Really. Yeah. I mean he was what number 3 pick in the draft. Right
0: uh brian lassman jerry judy i like that one
1: yeah after a down year that one see that one's yeah i can
0: so i watched a little bit of definitely it. drew lock looked a lot better i mean again it's preseason Mm -hmm. but drew lock looked a lot better and it's going to come down to him if he can get the football to him or not but jerry judy's good there's no denying that chris guffrey says michael carter I don't really have any thoughts on that one. You?
1: Yeah,
0: that's Jets, right? Uh, I believe.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Running back from UNC, I think, maybe.
0: Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Jets. Mm -hmm. Still the Jets. Tobias Williams, Toby, aka Toby, says Matt Stafford. I think a lot of people have him as boom sleep. I don't. Yeah, I think more people have him as boom than sleeper.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. They're really just
0: a, they're just anticipating because he's a good quarterback and now he's in a system that's quarter super quarterback friendly. So uh with better weapons, better yeah. weapons. I mean,
1: that one's a pretty safe assumption that he's going to get better. Yeah, and he's already good, so it's not really even sleeper. I wouldn't right. personally say. But yeah,
0: Michael Lombardozzi who is the Seahawks fan rant representative says Dwayne Eskridge with a winky face See, no, because
1: that's, that's sleeper. Yeah. yeah. That's de-
0: Well, if, and, and if, uh, you know, you're correct with your bust with Tyler Lockett, that very well could put Eskridge right. on the map to be the sleeper. Clay Hesh has Jojo Natson. Anything on that? No. Uh, why, like, the do Browns, well, I mean, he's a Browns fan, but Cowboy's not a Browns fan, and he said Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, Why do they think that, like, OBJ and Jarvis are going to quit? <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, maybe. I mean, not maybe they're going to quit, but maybe he'll pop out of nowhere and whoop some ass uh stewie says carry on johnson lol l o eight wait he was released today so uh carry on john that's i didn't know that he got released until i saw this comment um he
1: got released again <laughs> yeah well he got released by the lions yeah but where did he go I, giants
0: I mean, wasn't was he on that? let's let's look that up too
1: i can't remember he was at the eagles at one point i thought maybe oh it was the eagles yeah okay
0: because the headline says Jordan Howard has outlasted on Johnson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a player who I would you could throw his career into the bust category because there was a lot of high hopes for him. Darren Francisco, Colts fan. Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's a good receiver, so that's definitely a possibility. Uh, last but not least, Kimmy Burkholder. Justin Fields. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got to win the starting job first, but it's against Andy Dalton. Of course, did you see what Dalton said today in his press conference? He said that Fields has a bright future, but this is my time. I, I think he had his time several opportunities in a row with Cincy in the playoffs right and couldn't get it done all right so sleeper I got a few of them I can throw at you maybe throw them all at me because I don't have one yet in my brain
1: um I'll start with one that's I'll start with like the not as deepest and get a little deeper as we go I guess maybe um Corey Davis I kind of like he's number one for the Jets now um, he's going to see a lot of targets there. Um, quarterback situation, obviously going to be the, with, with exactly. Zach Wilson and stuff, but, um, he had a great year last year for Tennessee and, um, looking to build on that as a number one. Now and we'll probably get more targets. Uh, kind of, kind of like him sleeper wise fantasy. You don't, he's not being drafted real high and stuff and he's the number one receiver. Um, uh I talked about him already. It was Travis Etienne. I I think he's a great guy to grab. I think he's gonna end up taking that job and he could be a, a top ten back. Um uh and then we'll get a couple of real deep ones here. Uh Trey Sermon, Ohio State running back yeah. for the Niners.
0: Yep. Yeah. I would agree with that one. I like
1: him. That job's wide open to be taken and run with. Um, they, st- I mean, they still have Mostert, but I, Shanahan's gonna run, rotate guys. He's gonna do whatever. And then the last one I'll go with, because of the injury of um, Cam Akers, um, I obviously Daryl Henderson's the number one there, but Xavier Jones is a guy to watch. I think for the Rams, um, say they keep. I keep reading these building momentum in camp and. Um, I think Henderson's going to be the starter going in, but you know anything happens, or if he just comes out looking like lightning, better than yeah. him, then he's going to get the carry. Yeah, if he has rhythm,
0: yeah, they're going to keep him going. Yeah. All I mean, right. So my sleeper is rookie wide receiver Amari Rogers for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think the Randall Cobb signing was more of a. Here you go, Aaron. We'll make you happy. They're probably going to bring in Clay Matthews now too. I saw him requesting that. So, uh they're literally just doing anything they can to put a smile on that guy's face at this point. And uh, well, actually, I'm not going to go that far with it, but if they bring in Clay Matthews, then I'll go that far with it. But uh Amari Rogers, I think will slide in nicely because I think one of the things I mean Devontae, this just tells you how good Devontae Adams is because they've never had since Adams has been there really a strong second receiver. Valdez Scantling, I think's not great. They had what uh St. Pierre Brown or whoever. some did they have him? I can't remember. But they've just never had that guy who's like taken off. Uh the they're I believe they're either He was either first in touchdowns or second in touchdowns on that team receiving-wise last year was Tunyon, the tight end. Mm -hmm. So I think you put, you know, this Rodgers comes in, gets in the slot. I think he's going to be a lot more productive of a rookie than people will initially believe. Uh, My next sleeper, total homer pick, Bill's defense. (laughs) I'm going with it. I think they made the changes they needed to the offensive line. Linebacking core in the secondary is already good. Uh, the pass rush was the issue. I think that they did a good job addressing that. They're going to have Star back this year, who uh, goes seemingly unnoticed because all he is is a block absor- uh, absorber, but he does that uh, so that other guys are making plays on the run running aspect of it. So. Uh, Bill's defense, that's my other sleeper pick. I think they're going to be a lot better this year. All right. We will wrap this up. This edition of the Things That Sting fantasy version. (laughs) Uh, Brought to you by Jones Pest Control. Ants, spiders, bees, or mice. Don't think twice. Call Jones Pest Control, 814-230-9548. That's 814-230-9548. Stick around, we'll be back with my hive, Malice in the Palace. Hi, this is Ryan Klein, the host of the new pop culture podcast, Me, Myself, and Rye. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several other platforms. Special guests, breakaway shows, bonus episodes, cold beers, and a whole lot more. So, what are you guys and gals waiting for? Subscribe now to the Me, Myself, and Rye podcast on Spotify or wherever it is that you get your shows and start listening today. Riley and I gave you a homework assignment to watch Malice in the Palace on Netflix. Uh, so hopefully you did prior to listening to this segment so that you can follow along and we don't spoil it for you. But if you decide to listen to this first, that's uh, your own fault at this point.
1: Yeah. You can just <clears throat> pause it here and
0: hit yeah. pause, watch the episode. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's an hour and nine minutes. <laughs> right. It's not that long. Uh, not overkill. Quickly. Went up to one of my favorite sports documentaries I've ever seen. Yeah, it's. good. It one. was really, really actually,
1: good. Actually, I kind of wish I would have watched, done a refresher on it before we did this. It's been a little over a week now since I watched it. Well, well I took some but notes, you, but I'll let you r- yeah. take it and so, run with it, and I'll just it'll maybe that'll refresh. Yeah, me. it'll it'll bring it all yeah. back.
0: So, uh, uh, first so off, the one thing I wanted to talk about with Malice in the Palace is I actually did so. Back at Edinburgh, I had to take a class for my major. I had to take public speaking. It was awful. I, I bet, hated it. I, I was so nervous yeah. I couldn't do it, which is comical to look at now because, uh, let's see, it would have been twenty thirty. So five years after I graduated, I was in the academy and was elected class speaker where at our graduation in front of 400 people including a state senator uh and all these police officers and everything i gave our our class speech where i wrote out a speech and i had, you know and i did that just fine like it, i don't know what happened uh i do credit that class to cuz towards the end of it and this presentation that i did mm-hmm. um i was just eons better than i was at you know the first few projects yeah. and i stood up there and you could just hear right. my paper shaking because I was so nervous. I was going to
1: say, I'm sure that that definitely helped some get you through some of that initial fear, at least, right. or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it did. Um, because by the time I got to my last presentation, which was, uh, I did it on premeditated attacks in the sports world. And one of the things I talked about was the malice in the palace. Oh, now, really? of course, wasn't really necessarily premeditated because everything transpired that night. There was no plan. Um, but I brought it up because of the uh, the guy who threw the beer. You know, he made the decision to toss the beer, lands on our test, which you learn a whole lot, hell of a more, you know, about that in the yeah. Palace in the Palace thing. But, uh, yeah, and, and included in that uh, presentation was Todd Bertuzzi, the okay, old Canucks uh, player, oh, yeah. when he retaliated on Steve Moore of the Avalanche and hit him in the head with a stick knocked him unconscious. Uh, so just... It was just uh funny that I had actually done quite a bit of research on this, but it was years ago. Mm-hmm. And then to watch this, you know, because I did it based off of what I knew then, which mm-hmm. what you knew then is what I knew leading up until watching this. It made me believe that those players were all a bunch of hot-headed assholes and that it was just a ridiculous overreaction mm-hmm. and – once you watch this documentary, there's a whole lot more to it mm-hmm. than just. It kind of lies somewhere in between. It it's kind lie. of bo-
1: both sides Correct. are at fault. There, where it ends up, it, right? In my opinion, but
0: yeah. uh, but it
1: was all the heat was on the players initially. Yeah, right. Is whatever like what the media um, the made. The media it's, was yeah. just horrible to these yeah.
0: guys. Uh, so Auburn Hills. You know, that's where uh, the palace is in in Detroit there and Auburn Hills PD. um, One of my favorite parts, I'm just going to jump right to it, where I literally like just busted out laughing was when. uh, So they're they're talking about they had our test pulled aside from everybody. And, oh, the other thing that was super crazy was the 911 call. Like that really was like, wow. Like people were calling 911 from there saying, get the police here. They said there was like three cops on the floor and that was three cops (laughs) and trying to hold all those fans. And (laughs) they interviewed two of them and that's what they were like. Yeah, it was, you know, 20,000 people versus three police. It's not going (laughs) to, yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, so, but my favorite part was when the one cop who was interviewed goes running up towards our test and he just has his mace like low ready, like he has it down like, uh, about you know chest high, and he's aiming it at these guys, but he's giving them orders at the same time, and they start saying, and uh, the the cop goes in his interview. Well, there was a guy with a suit, and I didn't know who he was or how he got on the floor. Turns out it was Reggie Miller, and then it cuts to Stephen Jackson, and he just goes, "How the hell you don't know who Reggie Miller is?" <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> that, <laughs> is that was good. How the hell you don't know.
1: <laughs> I forgot about that part
0: that. Was, oh, I was that dying was when awesome, that yeah. happened. So I mean, I can at least say that I know that not all police officers are sports fans, so there's a chance he had no idea who Regner right, was. I mean, sure. I work with a couple police officers that just don't give a shit. Yeah. Man. I mean, Gallnack, who's like one of my favorite people, but he he is works on cars, he does that kind of stuff. It, like yeah,
1: I mean, uh, it might, especially it might be some that just don't – and, and <laughs> basketball in general too. You know what I mean? Like some might – like baseball and football or when something. When we
0: did a, a Super Bowl pool at work and Golnak gets in it, and it's a blind draw. You get we, – we put them in – we number out teams or we number out picks, then we pull teams, and in the order they come out, whoever number they're associated with, that's who you get. And like four or five years ago, Golnak got uh, – he got can't the Chiefs. Actually, it might have been the year they won. I can't really remember. But he gets the Chiefs, and he goes, uh, I said, uh, he goes, who I got? I said, the Chiefs. He goes, is that good? I said, yeah, Kansas City's pretty good. He goes, is that where they play? And I said, yeah, where do you think they played? And he goes, I don't know, the football stadium. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's <was> just hilarious. <laughs> so he just doesn't give a fuck about sports, but yeah. So it was it was really good, but yeah. So I mean, this guy could have possibly not known right. who Reggie Miller was, but uh, yeah. To anybody else, like we're we're all looking at this guy, like you don't know who Reggie Miller is, <laughs> but yeah. So Stephen Jackson's reaction was just hysterical, uh, and then the suspensions, you know, that uh, came down from it. With Artes getting the full season Jackson 30 games Jermaine O'Neal 25 But he appealed and I think won He was the only one who appealed and won But uh, Like Steven Jackson said You know They they blamed them And Basically did it to save the league You know they threw David Stern threw the players under the bus And the media ran with that And there was until the the Oakland County prosecutor got involved. There was no repercussions for any of the fans at that point,
1: and they were literally like, like Bob Costas called them thugs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, they multiple yeah. several of them did.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and they and they because you're this, watching
0: an edited video, and you if you just watch that video, it's almost you're shaped to think that way literally
1: that was the day the NBA dress code started too yes
0: yeah they started yeah they changed the way they were allowed to dress yeah. outside yeah and uh but yeah uh, uh so John Green is the the one who threw the cup so I mean if people don't know what malice in the palace is just in brief summary basketball game between uh, Detroit it's in Detroit Detroit versus Indiana Pacers Who have been
1: rivals for a couple years. They
0: just played in the Eastern Conference Finals um, the year before. Yeah, Detroit had beaten them. And this is like November, so this is uh early in the season, first first couple weeks of the season. Uh much anticipated matchup. Yeah, Detroit had beaten them uh because of an Artest flagrant foul. Mm-hmm. Uh so
1: and as the fan said, it was a Friday night game, so they drink a little I, I was going to this the guy even said like I was going to the stadium knowing I was going to the arena knowing I was going to drink a little more, yeah. let loose a little more that night. Yep. And-,
0: and, the, and the guy who uh, – I'm pretty sure it was the same guy. The guy who squares up with our test on the floor, the one season ticket holder that they interviewed a lot, they were about to approach him about removing his season tickets mm-hmm. because of his behavior anyways. Mm-hmm. And they didn't, and this game happens. And according to Reggie – I mean, the way this, the game's going – uh, the Pacers are just blowing the doors off of Detroit in this game. Mm-hmm. And several people in the expensive seats start to leave, and all the people from the top of the arena start filtering down. So you're getting the cheap seat drunks. You know, I always say this about the Bills games I won't, I will no longer ever sit in the 300 level because when you go up there, it's just drunk idiots and it's annoying. It annoys the shit out of me. So, that's what you get, though. When you get to the cheap seats, you get the people who don't want to pay a bunch of money for a good seat. They maybe care about the game slightly less. Maybe they don't, but sometimes they do, and they're there for the party. They're not there for the game. They're there to get drunk and and be disruptive. So, uh, but, yeah, Reggie says that you could just see people pouring down from the top, and they were all coming down to closer to, you know, where where the action was. And... Uh, I can't remember what that one bench player's name was, but he told Artest, you have one foul, use it. And Reggie even said, or Steven Jackson, I think it was, Steven Jackson goes, why the hell would you ever tell Ron Artest to do that? So, of course, he does it, and he pushes Ben Wallace, and that that starts the fiasco. And then Artest lays on the scorer's table, and that's where John Green comes into play. Throwing that beer, and and their description of it's hilarious. Like they're like everybody saw it, and it was, <laughs> it was like slow motion. motion. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're like they just saw it tumbling down end over end. What and an it,
1: incredible shot! Yeah,
0: landed right on his chest. So, and then test jumps in the crowd, bypasses John Green, and beats the hell out of the guy next to him. Uh, so John Green, you know, was credited with starting the entire thing, which I, I agree with after watching that. I agree that if the beer doesn't get thrown, I mean, it may when they're leaving. Maybe you have the people who on the sides who are chucking beer at them then. But that was the the beer heard around the world, essentially. I mean, in my opinion, after watching that and John Green of all the fans who were arrested and, uh, you know, criminal went through the criminal justice process for this event. Uh, According to the Oakland County prosecutor who said he had to go through over a thousand pages of police reports. He had to go over endless hours of videos because they had VHS for every camera in that arena. And he watched the entire every camera, every angle, watched it all. And that's what was cool about the
1: stock is you got to see a lot of behind the scenes footage of that you you never really got to see before. Yeah. And
0: they and they use that to identify a lot of these guys who were involved in, from a fan standpoint the guy who threw the chair and hurt two people uh the guy who came down onto the court that season ticket holder uh and squared up with our test like a just absolute moron um but so john green though was his went through like a more serious manner. Like I think I I didn't read if he did time and I don't remember if they said he did time, but his charges were the most serious and his punishment was the most serious from that office. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Jermaine O'Neal was cleared from, or no, I'm sorry. Artest was cleared from when he punched the fan who squared up with him on the court, that season ticket holder, when he comes down, and the prosecutor was like, that dude squared up in a defensive uh, stance with a clenched fist. Artest had every right to defend himself. And I agree with that. Idiot shouldn't have been on the court. So
1: and Then there was the one guy that O'Neal came across, but then he slipped and fell when he went to punch him. And
0: he still, uh, no, that was, that's the same guy. Oh, okay. Because our test went after him and our test backed away, and then O'Neill came yeah. flying in. And he was lucky that O'Neill. Reggie Miller said that he goes, that was the best miss of Jermaine O'Neill's career. <laughs> that guy would have been dead. dead. He had like a 10 foot <laughs> running start. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I gained a lot of respect for our test. We, everybody knew that there was some. some mental issues going on with that guy i mean it was blatantly obvious he was a pissed off basketball player and an aggressive basketball player uh sometimes overly in some people's opinions and the way he called himself out on the documentary Mm -hmm. i thought was extremely respectable
1: yeah you can tell he's grown up a lot he has (laughs) and he's
0: he's just been battling demons his entire life you know depression and uh, anxiety
1: he's obviously gotten the right help through therapy or whatever yeah right and they uh, have himself in at least a somewhat good place and then
0: the second time that he calls himself out because him and jermaine o'neal are not friends Mm -hmm. and it was made very clear that those two used to be real pretty good buddies And they were a duo not to be fucked with when it came to, you know, the defensive side of the basketball because Artest was playing, you know, the exterior and then down low O'Neal was a force. And uh, they – the way that O'Neal was like, you know, yeah, we went through all of that and even Steven Jackson, they went through all that shit together that season – season doesn't go as they want because of the suspensions and just that, that just tarnished. I mean, from the start of the season, it just tarnished the rest of the way. And the way O'Neill says uh, that our, well, anyways, I'm sorry. Our test goes to the Lakers. He requests, comes out after that request a trade or whatever is release after that season. And it pissed off O'Neal and Steven Jackson because they're like, we've been through all this shit together and you're just going to leave? Like, that's a coward's way out. And and I agree with them on that. And then O'Neal says, I got even more pissed off because he went to the Lakers and wins the championship the next Mm -hmm. season. And if you watch that one post-championship interview with Ron Artest, and they bring up something, and he said that uh like I mean he called himself a coward. He was like, you know, I'm happy we won, but I really feel felt bad about what he did to Jermaine O'Neal and Stephen Jackson just kind of leaving them high and dry in Indy. And I just thought that was really cool that he did that cuz a lot of other guys would wouldn't, I don't think. Uh but he's, you know, metal world At least piece. He owned up to it, yeah. Yeah, he did. And uh I, so I thought that was brave and pretty cool. But uh yeah, to quote Reggie, a cup of beer changed everything. It's the reason he retired.
1: I was gonna say I feel bad for Reggie.
0: Yeah. He's one of the best NBA players and of he all time so, to never win a championship.
1: He was so close so many times, but man, he had to play against the Bulls and yeah. fucking fight. tough teams. Yeah. He yeah. always had a big battle. He was just he's just that guy that was just right Dan Marino. there. Right there, yeah, but just He's Dan Marino.
0: Yeah. Uh so, yeah, um, I mean, and as far as the fans go, though, and we're still seeing this now, like there was just the other day a Major League Baseball player was hit with something, a, another baseball. I think somebody threw a baseball from the crowd and hit him. And it's just uh, the uh, I think it was the owner of the Pacers said that, you know, this they buy a ticket and it thinks they they think they can do anything. Like you buy the, the ticket means they can do whatever they want. That's mm-hmm. what, and I I don't know. I mean, we just live in our our country is just rattled with disrespect from every angle all the time anymore, and it's just a shame that people can't go enjoy a game without having to like throw shit at somebody. Yeah, that's like you want to talk. Like it's talking's fun, you know. And you just had. Who was it that was interacting with you down in Pittsburgh?
1: Oh, hey, yeah, Lorenzo Cain. Yeah. Lorenzo Cain. That was just banter, you know? right? Yeah. That's what I mean. That's
0: and some of those guys love that shit. Mm-hmm. Like they get they feed off of that. Mm-hmm. But like to would you have thrown something at Lorenzo no, Cain? Not right? A exactly. Yeah. Because you have a fucking brain yeah. and some respect for the game of baseball right. or the whatever sport you're at, yeah. you know. And it's, it's just
1: just heckling. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, these guys, they aren't just because they're. Filthy Rich playing a game, and I think a lot of people are just pissed off, jealous about that to begin with. I think that's why they think they're just like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, they can just treat them however they want. The,
1: the video of them trying to get off the court is the most, like, cringe,
0: It is scary
1: thing. Yeah. They, I they, can't imagine trying to get off that. All, that they, whole And they were town. just chucking stuff down at them.
0: And, and the media didn't say shit about that yeah. at the time. It was all about those guys fighting fans. Yeah. But you don't say anything about – I mean – and, they even and, said they like, and Jackson and them were like ready to go back out there. Oh they, yeah, they were like holding them. Well, they. Sh- <laughs> I mean, I would have been too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're getting shit dumped on you by all these people, screaming yeah. drunk idiots who just are just being assholes. So, yeah, yeah no. I just. Uh, I think that fans need to grow up and realize that, regardless of uh you know their financial, whatever you know. They're, they're still, these people are still human. They're going to get upset about things. They're going to get pissed off about things. And I mean, look at, like, we've talked about before the kid from the Pirates who literally left our country to go play baseball somewhere else because he's getting so fucked with on the internet about a play that he made. That's just insane to me that that's where we're at as a nation. Heckling and. I mean, online criticism—you're never going to be able to run away from that, especially when you're in the spotlight. Especially now, because everybody has a platform; everybody's able to criticize you at any given moment, whenever they want. So, I mean, that part—that's just—that's just new, uh, basically new music that pro athletes have to face. And I mean, it's not even really new at this point; it's been happening for a decade yeah, yeah, and a or half. You just don't have Twitter and right. stuff, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Don't read it, but.
1: Because Lorenzo Kane doesn't have one, just
0: say so you no. Know. Did you look?
1: <laughs> you <tried laughs> Andrew to- did Morrison <laughs> when we were there.
0: <laughs> so tell us a little, what happened with Lorenzo Kane. I told the whole story already. You did, yeah. Yeah. Refresh my memory though. <laughs> okay. What did well, you me say I'll to him?
1: Tell it after, so it's not recorded again. <laughs> All right. Are you sure it was on yeah. here? Yeah. All right.
0: It was cool though, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He had a good time. I'll with tell it. you about it. Again. Yeah. All right. All right. That's it. We're done for the week. Uh, stick around for closing, and we'll be back next week, another episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Bif Sports Podcast. would like to thank our sponsors, Swing Juice jones pest control d9 and 10 sports.com and the me myself and ride podcast we have uh, an official logo is in the works Uh, once that is complete uh, we will have some merchandise that we're going to be doing some sales of as well as some giveaways for listeners Don't forget, still to come, uh, more on fantasy football, of course. And, of course, we're going to get into some sports betting with uh, football right around the corner. Definitely going to be talking a lot about betting football here in the future. We also will have the Fan Rant making its return here in a few weeks. Uh, Once I get that settled, the plan in place, we're going to run with that and get the playoffs underway. So until next week, take care and be safe.